This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Daily Show, The Colbert Report, Media Matters for America, The Young Turks, The David Pakman Show, The Onion News Network, and Counterspin with a bonus video clip for our Apple iOS and Android app users from The Daily Show. Now, obviously, with all the turmoil around the world, the one thing that we've all been able to count on uh, throughout these disasters is intrepid reporting. As bad as cable news can be, they seem to rise to the occasion when the occasion is completely (laughs) But has the relentless pace begun to take its toll? We answer that question in our new segment. I'll I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter. I'll I'll give you some. It is post-rational to You call them psychotic, in effect. We'll do it live. Thing sucks. Why? How'd that turn into a tiger? Now, let's begin with I don't know Nancy Grace. When we last saw Nancy Grace, she was stealing a baby from Jennifer Connelly and disappearing into her labyrinth. Sorry, what? Really? They're not. They're not the same part. Are you sure? It's absolutely uncanny. It's all right. Well, no, I've 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 got to go. We're on. Yeah, I've I've got a show on the other line. But now Nancy Grace has taken her place atop the ramparts to protect America's shores from the atomic menace. Straight out to Bernie Reno, senior meteorologist, AccuWeather.com. Bernie, explain how this is going to affect us. Well, in the United States, I don't think there's going to be a big impact at all. Um, you know, I think the, Bernie, the radiation is, Bernie. oh boy, here we go, Nancy, huh? There's a state You're of not, emergency Nancy, this is not, declared in this California. Is not damage, this is not damaging radiation in the United States. The state of emergency uh, in California, from what I remember from last week, was yeah, from the damage the from Japanese the tsunami. Yeah, that's what the Japanese government said, too. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> smart guy who studied it (laughs) if there's no radiation on our shores how come california hospitals have created emergency rooms (laughs) you don't set us out a room for emergencies if there aren't any are there (laughs) watch how the former prosecutor refuses to take science for an answer you know, no matter how you slice this, this is not headed toward the United States as far as the damage is radiation. It doesn't just magically appear. It's got to get here, and the, um, and the large amounts aren't. Uh, okay, um, speaking of magic, Bernie, all of that is sleight of the hand, as smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as magic. <laughs> He's not talking about magic. He was talking about radiation. He wasn't saying radiation is a leprechaun. He was agreeing with you that there's no... (sighs) He's only giving you the science, your scenario. He's agreeing with you that there is no such thing as magic. Whoa, 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 whoa! What was that, John Stewart? What was that? I was just saying there's... No such thing as magic. Hey! 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 I did not spend seven years at a boarding school studying something that doesn't exist! Expelliarmo! Victorious! Patronum! Apricium! What? What? Jo- John, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm, am I still here? Yeah, you are. The role John Oliver was born to play. That was his Shakespeare. So while Nancy Grace versus Guy Who Knows What He's Talking About is an entertaining undercard, the title match was an inter-network brawl featuring the aging former champion CNN versus the young kidney-punching upstart Fox, which began when Fox seemed to insinuate that CNN was inadvertently aiding aiding and abetting Muammar Gaddafi by agreeing to accompany Libyan officials to the site of a recent missile attack. Some news crews decided to go. Others, including our Steve Harrigan, did not go to the compound. Uh, they were concerned that they could be used as human shields. 
Kudos to Fox <laughs> for so quickly putting the Libyan crisis into service of their real mission, patriotic self-promotion. Only, only they can turn our guy missed the shuttle bus into Fox News alone refuses to play patsy to America's enemies. Of course, after a few hours of triumphal chest thumping, the story got uh, murkier. Tonight, I learned that although reporter Steve Harrigan opted not to go and instead remain back at his hotel, he wanted to stay on the air, I'm told, um, to provide full coverage of what was going on in Libya. He did, in fact, send a security guard with a camera to Qaddafi's compound um, with the journalist from the other news outlet. Ah, well, I see. <laughs> Fox reporter Steve Harrigan was so concerned the journalists were going to be used as human shields, he made security guard Joey Expendable go. Hey, Joey, you know how you always said you wanted to be a real-life reporter? Well, how about just a reporter? Well, look, these guys are all battle-hardened veteran journalists. I'm sure the reporter in question, CNN's Nick Robertson, is going to let this accusation roll off his back like water off a duck's ace. This allegation is outrageous, and the idea that we were some kind of human shields is nuts. Oh, a little hot in the desert sun, I see. Let's keep it all professional, boys. I mean, if they had actually been there, Steve Harrigan, the correspondent here, is somebody I've known for many years. I see him more times at breakfast than I see him out on trips with government officials here. Oh, oh no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. You know what this means? Reporter snaps. Let's do this, boys. All right. So Robertson gets on him and Harrigan was all, uh, Robertson, I think you're dull. I fall asleep when you give a report. Hey, Harrigan, what hotel are you staying at? Coward Johnson's? Good gooch. Triple correspondent slam. By the way, when I myself am on the road, I always stay at Coward Johnson's. They, they leave the light on for me. In case there are monsters. I'm afraid that I have to be the bearer of bad news. There has been a major escalation in the conflict in Libya between CNN's Nick Robertson and Fox News' Steve Harrigan. It is the biggest news fight since Katie Couric beheaded Dan Rather. That's how she got the job. Now, I first reported on this cross-cable dust-up Tuesday when Fox News reported that Nick Robertson was being used by the Libyan government as a human shield to thwart a British bombing of Gaddafi's compound. Then Robertson responded on air, calling Harrigan a lazy, scaredy-cat mama's boy. I see him more times at breakfast than I see him out on trips with government officials here. Hey, if Libyan officials wanted Steve Harrigan to show up, they should put out a waffle bar. <laughs> well, yesterday in the Huffing Post, Harrigan scratched back, saying, is that heroic what Robertson's doing? He puts on his blue blazer and gets on the government bus and then pats himself on the back and calls that news bullshit. Ooh -hoo -hoo. Did you hear that, Robertson? Or were the mortar shells too noisy in your fancy front line? <laughs> then Harrigan eviscerated Robertson's accusation that he's not a dedicated journalist who doesn't leave his hotel, saying, I can stand outside my balcony and report what I see. <laughs> yes! Harrigan can report on Libya from his balcony, especially if he angles his TV right so he can sit on his deck chair and watch CNN. Besides, who would want to leave that hotel? Both Robertson and Harrigan are staying at the fabulous 
Rixos al Nasser Tripoli. Nestled amongst the eucalyptus trees, the Rixos combines the old charm of the Ottoman age with Turkish hospitality. So while outside Libyan citizens are being oppressed, inside your pressure points will be pressed at the luxurious Rixos VIP spa. That's the Rixos al Nasser, where you can live like a pampered megalomaniac instead of just reporting on one. But, folks, the few didn't stop there. Harrigan also attacked Robertson on-air camera personality, saying, I think he's dull. I fall asleep when he gives a report. <laughs> of course he falls asleep. Those hotel beds are comfy. <laughs> Harrigan knows, Harrigan knows, folks. If you're an on-air personality, you gotta be an electric broadcaster. We've heard loud explosions, probably a mile away from where I'm standing in the direction of Colonel Gaddafi's compound. Oh, that's too dynamic. <laughs> oh, no, must protect eyes. Oh, no, ah! Oh, it's too much. No! I've got to watch him through a solar eclipse pinhole projector. No, still not enough. Take him down. Take him down. Take him down. <laughs> Folks, I will stay on this story for as long as these two make it the story. Now, some people who watch my opening act, Jon Stewart, may have noticed that he reported on this very same story yesterday, even though I broke this story on Tuesday. The point is, Jon Stewart is a fraud. He's a fake reporter reading fake news in a fake blazer. I happen to know he never leaves his studio. They use green screens over there. Meanwhile, I've taken my show to the most dangerous places in the world, Iraq, Vancouver, Philadelphia. I mean, I always fall asleep when he's on. I always, I always also fall asleep when I'm on. We're on really late, is what I'm saying. The bottom line is, Jon Stewart is complete bullshit. And he's a good friend. I'll see you soon, Jon. Oh, you can sleep through the static. But who needs sleep when we've got love? Who needs keys when we've got clubs? Who needs fleas when we've got guns? Who needs peace when we've gone above? But beyond where we should have gone, we went beyond where we should have gone. This is the Media Manners Minute. I'm Danny Herrera. In the face of continuing advertiser losses, Glenn Beck is starting to pull out more gimmicks in order to satisfy his remaining listeners and viewers. Last night on Fox News, he played viral videos, applied fake tears, and well, this. I'm gonna teach you the story of the three little pigs. This is how screwed up our nation is. This is how screwed up it is. Have you ever read the three little pigs? I mean, the actual one. But gimmicks aren't enough. For Glenn, controversy is ratings gold, so why not call President Obama a terrorist sympathizer? He just sees us as a nation who is and has oppressed the Native Americans and, um, and the Muslim uh, communities around the world. And so he's, he's, he's not with the terrorists, I'm not saying that, but he is sympathetic to their cause. Who needs to see what we've done? Who needs please when we've got guns? Who needs keys when we've got clubs? Who needs peace when we've gone above? But beyond where we should have gone. Beyond where we should have gone. Glenn Beck is at it again. He just when you thought he'd called the president every dirty word in the book, well, he takes it to another level again. Listen to this. He just sees us as the oppressor nation. He just sees us as a nation who is and has oppressed the Native Americans and, um, and the Muslim uh, communities around the world. And so he's, he's, he's not with the terrorists, I'm not saying that, but he is sympathetic to their cause. 
So Obama's sympathetic to terrorists. By the way, I like the random reference to Native Americans. Is all Obama sympathetic to the cause of non-existent Native American terrorists? But to the core of the issue, look, we have an ironic development here. Beck has gone so far over the top so many times that it's becoming a bit blasé. There used to be a line that you didn't cross, but they've crossed it so many times over and over. This is how many references now to him uh, being a terrorist or a terrorist sympathizer or palling around with terrorists as Sarah Palin said, now the right wing's viciousness has become so predictable that it's almost mundane. Look, maybe we're not their audience. Maybe their audience is a few people that they want something to do about it, and that's why they keep drilling this into their heads. That is unacceptable, and of course later they'll say, no one could have seen it coming. As an anti-consumerism advocate, I'd like to encourage you to shop less, don't buy things you don't need, and only buy the necessities from local, independently owned businesses. That said, if you don't take this good advice, then at least there's a way to shop that helps support this show at the same time. Simply click through to Amazon.com, just one of the major companies under constant boycott by one liberal cause or another, from the banner posted at bestoftheleft.com. Better yet, click through just once and bookmark that link to use every time you shop. Your shopping experience will be identical to normal. It will cost you nothing extra, but 7 to 8% of the cost of your order in soulless corporate blood money will be siphoned off and used to tremendously support the production of this show. Thanks for doing the right thing, whatever you consider that to be. So Fox News executive Bill Salmon is finally admitting that link that Fox News created or tried to create between Barack Obama and socialism way back when, it was a lie. And they knew it was a lie. Media Matters has uncovered audio that indicates Fox News Washington managing editor Bill Salmon was just engaging in what he called mischievous speculation. Let's take a listen to what Bill Salmon had to say. Good luck with that one. You know, speaking of mischief, last year, uh, candidate Barack Obama stood on a sidewalk in Toledo, Ohio, and first let it slip to Joe the Plumber that he wanted to, quote, spread the wealth around. At that time, I have to admit that I went on TV and Fox News and publicly engaged in what I, I guess was some rather mischievous speculation about whether Barack Obama really advocated socialism, a premise that privately I found rather far-fetched. Right. So privately, Fox News executives apparently do have common sense to know that half the stuff that they're saying and their narratives they're creating are completely untrue and specifically designed to mis uh, misdirect the American people. But it's just speculation, right? Publicly, however, on their news channel, they're completely fine with creating that narrative and starting entire narratives in the Internet world and on other media along those same lines based on false premises. Brilliant. Now, remember... Earlier in February, Media Matters obtained an email where the same guy, Bill Salmon, offered talking points to Fox News staff linking Obama to socialism and Marxism during the 08 campaign. So it's not just, well, I'm Bill Salmon, I'll go on and talk about it a couple of times. It's this concerted effort to create a false narrative. And we discussed in detail there's another email where Media Matters uncovered Salmon told his staff to downplay the importance of climate science that showed the world was getting warmer. This is all the stuff of using the term so-called and some scientists uh, controversially believe, you know, all that, that whole thing. And then we have also the entire Fox News incident related to healthcare debate. And remember that the former Fox News I, I don't remember if it was a producer or some, some employee, explained emails went out and uh, they said, if you're going to talk about the public option, call it a so-called public option, refer to it as the government run, use the term government takeover, right? So at this point, again, this story, if you're not already understanding what exactly you are getting on Fox so-called news, this additional story that I'm telling you about here is not going to convince you. However, if you're interested in what is going on behind the scenes there, I find it to be a pretty fascinating story. Well, they're still careful about about what they're saying. They're not saying there's no such thing as global warming. 
uh, Obama's a socialist. Um, they're saying, is Obama a socialist? Is there such thing as global warming? Well, that's the whole is game, Is Barack Lewis. Obama Muslim? That's of the, course, yeah. right, but... It's not any better, it's if almost it's, if worse. it's speculation. It's worse because it's opinion veiled as... Right. ...objective questions. Uh, we just have questions. But when you're being fair and balanced, you can ask any questions you want. <laughs> This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Seth D. Michaels. Remember Pat Robertson's controversial comments about Hurricane Katrina? Well, here's the 2011 version, courtesy of Glenn Beck. Now look, I'm not saying God is, uh, you know, causing earthquakes. Well, I'm not saying that he... I'm not not saying that he... (laughs) God... What God does is God's business. I have no idea. But I'll tell you this, whether you call it Gaia or whether you call it Jesus. There's a message being sent, and that is, hey, you know that stuff we're doing? Not really working out real well. Maybe we should stop doing some of it. Given Beck's propensity to rail against progressives and Democrats in the United States, we're not sure who he's blaming for the Japanese earthquake, but it would certainly be odd if he blamed on all American politics. Now, I often criticize Fox News here. You know, Fox News takes shots at the other networks. That's all par for the course. We're all having fun. For example, I think Glenn Beck's a clown. And I'm given to understand that his viewers find me overweight. (gasps) I didn't see that coming. And apparently I'm also of questionable complexion. But Beck, as usual, has taken this over the top. He's now come to the conclusion that this entire network is against God. I believe that MSNBC has become the most anti-God network ever put on the air. It's possible. In the history of America. That's funny. Now that was last Friday and on this Monday he added some prophetic flourishes. If you really want to understand what we're talking about, you have to understand the book of Revelation, which we know that there are people that don't believe in that. We showed you that uh, on uh, Friday's broadcast. There is a there's a whole network that seems to be the anti-God network. But I will tell you this. The world is about to be plunged into complete and utter darkness, despair. Quite honestly, famine will follow. Now, whenever people go on silly rants like this, I always think, how do they know what God is thinking? If God has chosen Glenn Beck as his messenger, it is a curious choice indeed. Doesn't it sound like he thinks he's a prophet? He's talking about the will of God, upcoming famines. The only thing missing is raining frogs. I mean, this guy even knows what channel God is watching. Uh, oh, I'm getting this message. He's, he's kind of in the Jersey Shore. He thinks Sammy should really leave Ronnie, but he's worried that Snooki might be possessed by demons. He loves the Golden Girls and can't stand CSI LA. He says, come on, didn't we already have like seven different CSIs? What's next? CSI Albuquerque? I don't think God is saying all that, nor is he making comments about MSNBC. Beck seems to know a lot of the specifics of what's running through God's mind. Now that's curious about a guy like this pretending to stand up for the church when he has made statements like this before. I beg you, look for the words social justice or economic justice on your church website. If you find it, run as fast as you can. Am I advising people to leave their church? Yes. Now that doesn't seem very Christian, does it? So let me get this right. Jesus is for protecting tax cuts for the rich, protecting the money changers, I mean the banks, and is for more and more war. Oh yeah, he's also against social justice and MSNBC. Anyone else think that maybe Beck is getting his channels crossed when he thinks he's talking to God?
I hope you enjoyed this show, but also consider it a valuable tool for not only aggregating, but more importantly, amplifying our view of progressive politics in the world. So if that's true, I ask you to support this work by becoming a member of the show at whatever level you're able, as anything from a basic leftist up through the ranks of socialist, communist, Satanist, or even the most reviled level of support, George Soros. I produce 11 episodes a month of fearless coverage on all the hot-button issues we face, maintaining a rock-solid schedule. So if that sounds worth supporting, please consider signing up to donate as little as $5 a month or even $55 a year. Members also gain access to bonus audio and video content that doesn't make it into the show itself. So for a concrete way to support a strong, progressive voice, please visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Nation, I've always said the mainstream media is too cozy with the powers that be to uncover real corruption. Did you know I'm the only reporter in America who's covering how criminally long it's taking Netflix to send me grown-ups on DVD? <laughs> That's why I'm a huge fan of investigative pimp James O'Keefe. His undercover reporting at Acorn exposed questionable business practices. At NPR revealed liberal bias. And at Hal's Halloween Costume Depot, blew the lid off seriously overpriced pimp costumes. $25 for a Superfly ho-thumping cane? Really? Best of all, O'Keefe's investigative pranks are hilarious. Like the time he tried to lure a female CNN reporter onto a yacht equipped with, among other things, dildos, handcuffs, and a blindfold. The guy is a prop comedy genius. He's like Gallagher, but with more dildos. And here's a good one, here's a good one. He was also arrested and pled guilty to breaking into Senator Mary Landrieu's office to tap her phones. It's funny, because it's a federal offense. So you can understand why I was very upset when I saw this actual email that O'Keefe sent out to his supporters saying, quote, I'm emailing you because I need your help. My friends and I racked up serious credit card debt to expose NPR. We figured it probably cost us about $50,000 to make the NPR video. I know, $50,000 sounds like a lot for a video camera and a fake website, but remember, he's got a huge dildo budget. <laughs> he goes on to say that my donation is needed. Well. I did just send $300 to that nice Arroyo Q. Smartman who emailed me about massive man volume make all ladies surprise. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? O'Keefe is a fellow conservative journalist. So let's do this thing. Okay, 50, so James O'Keefe, $50,000. Memo, because fake pimpin' ain't easy. <laughs> And now to sign you, wait a second, wait a second. A personal appeal disguised as an innocent email asking me to donate to a confessed criminal with ties to pimps, the Muslim Brotherhood, who is also an attempted boat molester and dildo monger? Wait a second, oh my God, this is James O'Keefe's biggest prank yet. Oh, you are good, Mr. Acorn Pimp. If that even is your real name. I am not falling into your trap this time, sir. There's only one way I'm gonna help you make that fast 50 grand. Luckily, you already have the outfits. And I hope a bitch don't make me put my rings on. I couldn't agree with you more. And I agree with you. Tonight on Concurrence Roundtable. You are absolutely correct. I couldn't have said it better myself. Have I told you how vibrant you're looking lately? Excuse me, can I finish before someone says something absolutely brilliant? The sparks fly as three experts agree entirely on solutions to the recent violence in Afghanistan. No one could even argue with that. Your logic is flawless. My logic was based on a point you made earlier. I have nothing to add to what you're saying, and I agree completely. How can someone so handsome also make such cogent remarks? Concurrence Roundtable, tonight at 11 on The Onion News Network.
there's been plenty of discussion of NBC's decision to skip a story that was huge everywhere else about General Electric's ability to make huge profits and pay zero taxes. Could NBC, though nominally a news organization dedicated to independent reporting, be avoiding a story that makes GE, which owns nearly half the network, look bad? Well, NBC Nightly News finally covered the GE taxes story on March 31st, so skeptics were wrong, right? Not exactly, because NBC's approach to covering the documented accusation of its corporate parent's tax dodging was to give the head of their corporate parent, Jeffrey Immelt, some airtime to try and save face. Brian Williams started off the segment by saying, The news is still reverberating this week after last week's page one story in the New York Times, which is a pretty funny way to describe something you're telling viewers about for the first time. Lisa Myers referred to an uproar among liberal groups before saying, quote, Well, today Immelt defended GE, saying taxes were unusually low in the last two years because of losses during the financial crisis, close quote. Myers went on to say, quote, Immelt says that everyone should pay their fair share of taxes, including GE, and that the corporate tax code needs to be reformed to make it more competitive and eliminate loopholes, close quote. When CEOs call for a more competitive corporate tax rate, they mean a lower one. So Immold appears to be arguing that the fact that GE pays no taxes is a reason to lower its tax rate. That's the sort of claim that might come in for some scrutiny if it came from someone else. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Jess Levin. We apologize to our listeners for focusing so much on Glenn Beck this week, but the man has been on a mission. Uh, if this president is, is re-elected in 2012, there is no way we as a nation survive in any form that we understand. But here's the best quote of the day. Watch. Hillary Clinton will become frustrated with this president. And he will be told, go as far left as you possibly can. And then she will withdraw and she will run for president and she will look like a moderate. She will say, this president, he has been wrong on these things and I just couldn't do it anymore. And he is, it will be the same playbook, but it will be a puppet show. Now that sounds crazy, but life is crazy now. On Tuesday, we had Robert Reich on this program, and we suggested raising taxes. And we knew that was going to make conservatives angry, and we also knew that it was completely supported by the American people, and the polls today bear that out. But I uh, made one guy angry, Rush Limbaugh, and this is what he had to say about Secretary Reich. Well, he's talking in terms of an actual war. He's telling the rich, you better give up the money before the people with pitchforks come to your house and, and get it from you. Isn't that what's happening in Wisconsin? Can we be honest? Isn't this sort of what all this is about? All these people occupying the Capitol building and, and demanding all these public sector union people's dem to people, dem but it's not the rich they're demanding it from, is it? It's average Americans. Average Americans, many of whom are underemployed, unemployed, or what have you. Isn't that who these teachers and public employees are saying, give us more? It's what the king of Saudi Arabia is doing. It's what Gaddafi is doing. Rush Limbaugh cares about the unemployed and the underemployed? When did that happen? And did you notice the little trick he did in the middle? First, he's like, Rush is going after the rich. Oh, my God, he might come after my mansion in Palm Beach. Did I say that? No, okay, yeah, oh, no, no, I I'm, I'm for the unemployed and the underemployed. No, 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 Robert Rice didn't go after the unemployed. He wants to help the unemployed and unemployed. He went after the rich, people like you. Do you know that Rush has a staff like lavender-scented candles before he comes in to his home. How very nice. So that's why he's scared. And then he got even more clever, and he made fun of our names. Robert B. Reich. <laughs> Was on MSNBC Live last night with the, with the anchor uh, Sink Uyghur. 
he said my name wrong. <laughs> That's so funny, Rush. That's really funny. To be fair to Rush, though, he has a hearing problem because of all the OxyContin he took. So that's maybe why he mispronounced the name. It is a hard name. Well, maybe there is some hope elsewhere. The FCC has fined local TV stations for airing fake news. And when I say fake news, we've all seen it. When you watch the local news and there's one of these packages that comes up where it's a reporter from out of town, it's not, if you're in Boston, Massachusetts, and it's a report from elsewhere, it's a prepackaged piece of news. Now, it may be coming from, if it's, say, a CBS affiliate, maybe something coming from CBS, but corporations put out these, they're called VNRs video news releases all the time, okay? And they're essentially advertisements, but they're virtually indistinguishable from news stories and they're given to TV news departments. Now, they violate the FCC's sponsorship identification rules when it's not being made clear who has produced it, that this is an ad. And the FCC fined two stations for airing these things as if they were news. And again, they're not news and the the Local news budgets, as always, are being slashed, so no local stations end up having to run prepackaged VNRs, and they get fooled many times. It's this stuff that, that comes from companies. The fines were first reported in Communications Daily. They came in a response to an 06 complaint filed by Free Press, who's right down the road from us, and the Center for Media and Democracy, KMSP. It's a Fox-owned affiliate in Minneapolis, aired what appeared to some, apparently, to be a news report on increased consumer demand for convertibles in the summer. The video was sponsored by General Motors, and it was riddled with multiple shots and favorable descriptions of GM products. No surprise. Right. This stuff is constant. Corporate news would be almost empty without these video news releases. The other one is WMGM-TV. It's an NBC affiliate in southern New Jersey. They aired a segment on how to treat the common cold. That's the type of thing you would see on your local news. Well, the station said the piece was sponsored by a local hospital. Actually, it was paid for by Matrix Initiative. They make that Zycam zinc cold remedy. And the segment features everybody's using zinc products as a way to treat colds. It's focused on Zycam's product. Uh, people need to know... People deserve to know that they're watching paid propaganda, not news. So these fines should continue where appropriate. Yeah, it's great that the FCC is going after these small local stations, but it's a pretty big difference. There's a pretty big difference between these and, and News Corp. I mean, there is. they're well, not... Yeah. The yeah. other thing is this, though. It's not illegal to produce the VNR and to send it around. So you can't really go after the company that produced it for doing anything. The right. question is, the stations have to be discerning. They have to be honest. And it's advertising. It's just, it's no different than advertising. I hope it continues. And I really, the scariest part is many people watch, I know a lot of people who watch local news, they're not even making the connection that it goes from a local anchor covering a local topic, and all of a sudden it's a national topic, somebody in Nashville, for example, talking about something and that it may be propaganda it may just be news coming from the from the network but it may be one of these paid pieces it's just not on a lot of people's radars and that's the scariest part because they don't identify it you don't have your guard up the way you do when you know something is an ad right and the fines are good i mean it, on one hand i think i hate to use the word bullying but I mean, is the FCC just bullying small stations? I mean, is this going to change? It's the law. It's against FCC regulations to not have identification of something that is an advertisement. It needs to be clear if something is a paid advertisement. And they're enforcing that. Well, 
more power to him, I guess. Hey, David Pakman here, host of The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. If you're like me, you're a regular listener of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with Jay Tomlinson. If you like that, I invite you to check out my show, The David Pakman Show. Not only will you hear the best of the left, but you'll also hear some of the worst of the right, including some of the craziest bigots and racists around. But don't worry, I don't agree with them. Check out davidpakman.com, check out our show, continue listening to Best of the Left podcast, and even consider becoming a member of The David Pakman Show, all at davidpakman.com. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Jess Levin. Today, we're happy to report that Glenn Beck and Fox News announced that he would, quote, transition off his daily program at the network. In memory of the Glenn Beck program, let's revisit a few of his greatest hits. I'm sorry. African-Americans don't own Martin Luther King. It's a human idea. This president, I think, has exposed himself as a guy over and over and over again who has a deep-seated hatred for white people or the white culture. Do you really believe that I could, or anybody here at Fox News, could just make things up and remain on the air? No. You're not a dummy. What's surprising about this announcement? After 1 million lost viewers and 300 lost advertisers, he still had a show at all. For this story and much, much more, visit MediaMatters.org. And you want to call me crazy? Go to hell. Call me crazy all you want. hear about Glenn Beck. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Down goes back! Down goes back! Down goes back! <laughs> All right, now, listen. Uh, Glenn Beck is leaving his show. Uh, they have apparently, they will transition uh, Glenn Beck uh, off of Fox News. So, uh, People are wondering, did he get fired? Did he not get fired? He did his last show last night. We're going to show you a clip of it in a second. And uh, Roger Ailes said, you know, half the people think he got canceled. Half the people think he got, uh, that he quit. He's like, I'm happy with either uh, one of those. So he's, that's a pretty strong statement saying, I don't, if you think I canceled him, I'm pretty happy with that interpretation as well, right? Now, the reality is... Uh, and Glenn Beck, you'll see, was talking about, oh, he's Paul Revere, and he's going to go on to new missions. My ass, man, Fox was his gigantic platform. He's leaving it because they couldn't agree on a contract, okay? And why couldn't they agree? Because Glenn Beck thinks he's God's gift to humanity, and Roger Ailes thinks, you don't make me any money. He lost 300 advertisers, okay? He had, in England, he had zero advertisers left. They had to run his program commercial-free. He lost 30% of his audience in the last year. 37% of the 25 to 54 demographic that advertisers like the most. Okay, I know it's absurd, but that's what they concentrate on. So now, look, he had a big audience. Give him his due, right? And he still had a big audience at the end, even though he lost about a million people off that audience uh, because of his crazy conspiracy theories and, and many other reasons. Okay? But the reality is it, the, that advertiser ban was actually leaking onto other programs as well, and that put Fox in a panic. So, for example, if Beck went on O'Reilly or Beck went on Fox and Friends, advertisers would want, would want to pull out of those shows, right? So Ailes was not prepared to give him much money at all, and I'm sure Beck thought he deserved all the money in the world, and that's what this was all about. And is it going to hurt Beck? Of course! Now, look, of all the people in the world, I'm the one guy who knows you can do it without TV. There's no question about that. But these, you have to understand a couple other things about Beck. First of all, his radio ratings are also disastrous. 
Like, people always say, like, oh, he's the third highest rated uh, talk show host. No, he's not. That's not how radio ratings work. They work market by market. There is no national number for ratings. And market by market, Glenn Beck's been getting canceled all over the country. The only reason why he's considered, and they're all guessing, it's all nonsense, uh, the third largest show in the country is because he was in the most markets. And Rush Limbaugh is... Number one, because he's in more markets than Hannity and Beck, etc. And the more markets they lose, and Beck is losing them at a furious pace, the bigger and bigger trouble they get into. I mean, so as his radio base is diminishing, he goes off of TV, and all he has left is online? Oh, well, welcome to my house. Okay, uh, Glenn Beck, I would love to, uh, you know, engage in that competition with you. <laughs> now you're in my wheelhouse. Come and get it, okay? So now, let's listen to Glenn Beck's nonsense explanation for why he's leaving. See if you can even discern it. Watch. Personal between you and me. I, uh, this is something that, um, something that I have been thinking about for a very long time. When Fox was generous enough to offer me the time at 5 o'clock, I originally didn't take him up on it. I turned him down. One of the reasons was I didn't want to... I didn't want to do this. Um, I hated doing it at the other place. This place is sweet in comparison. But I also knew, I mean, I believe it or not, anybody who knows me in my real life is everybody. The wee little Aaron will tell you, too. I avoid confrontation like nobody's business. That's why I'm divorced. Um, but it's also, I don't like it. I don't like conflict. But sometimes you have to stand. I took the job two years ago because I thought, I had something important to share. I really thought that if I could prove my case that something wicked this way was coming, something in America was wrong, America would listen. And they have. I'm surprised at both the number that have and haven't, even with all of the facts. When I took this job, I didn't take it because it was going to be a career for me. Paul Revere did not get up on the horse and say, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. He didn't do it. He got off the horse at some point and fought in the revolution. And then he went back to silversmithing. If you have watched this program, and you really, I ask you at times, hear me. You know what I believe is coming. If you watch tonight's show, I believe you know that I believe we're heading into deep and treacherous waters. It bothers me to be entering this phase and feel as though you might say, well, wait, 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 wait. I've been very clear with you. I've played my cards face up. We will find each other. I'm developing other content for Fox through specials and other things on television and beyond. I will continue to tell the story, and I am going to be showing you other ways for us to connect. But I have other things to do, and not because it's good or bad for business. But I think you, out of all the people, will truly get this. Our only business is the business of freedom and our country at this time. It's why I told you about E4. I told you at the beginning of the year, prepare to be a leader. Educate yourself. Be the mouthpiece. Never rely on anyone else to spoon-feed you. Now today, now today, you have to carry more weight. You must know what you believe. You must be prepared to be the person that explains it to others. Fox is one of the only places you will find truth. Spread the word. Stick together. And together we will do the right thing for our country and for our world. What an awesome bunch of lies. This wasn't because of my career. He's like Paul Revere. It's like, you know, after George Washington was done being president, he went back to his farm. John Adams went back to his farm. Who are you, Glenn Beck? This is your career. You don't have a farm. I mean, I know you got the crisis seeds and the crisis garden. You got your gold line stacked up in your bunker, but... This is your career. You're a talk show host. So this whole nonsense, what? And then he, of course, ironically says, I'm playing my cards face up. Oh, bull 
bullshit you are. I don't know why I hesitated for a second. Of, no, this was about the money, Lebowski. You couldn't come to an agreement with Fox News. That's what this was about. This isn't like, all right, I will now ride off into the sunset. I have other things to do. What are you going to do, man? What are you going to write poetry? What are you going to do? You're a talk show host. It's the, you know, the way that he lies to his audience with a straight face is unbelievable. And by the way, just so you know, I'm look, I'm in this business. Nine out of ten times when something like this happens, it's because they couldn't agree on a contract. That's it. There's no other greater political thing. Or there's no other greater, you know, uh, Paul Revere-like cause, et cetera, et cetera. It's the money, Lebowski. And he said, originally, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to have a multi-million dollar platform, but they, because of, because I care so much about the country, I took the millions of dollars, and the publicity that helped me to sell even more books and do more speeches for more millions of dollars. I did it for my country. Shut up, okay? And then, uh, by the way, why did they do it in this way, right? Why did they do the transition? Because it's a win-win for both of them. Glenn Beck gets a, a safe face and go. I didn't get canceled. Me fired? No, 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 no. Uh, he, otherwise, they could have unceremoniously booted him and not even given him his last show and be like, get, get. And he was afraid that Roger Ailes was going to rough talk him and run him off. So this way, he's like, I am moving on to other missions. But every once in a while, I will do documentaries for Fox News, etc. Right? And meanwhile, Roger Ailes, he doesn't want to piss off Glenn Beck's fans. Imagine Glenn Beck comes out with a conspiracy theory and says, It turns out the Maoist Marxist Van Jones Acorn people are in Fox News. Then Roger Ailes is going to have a problem on his hands, right? So that's why they do the nonsense transition. The reality is fired, canceled, quit. All of it is true. They couldn't agree on a contract. That's what happened. Okay. Oh, one last thing. I love the thing where he pulled the Daniel Day-Lewis in The Last of the Mohicans. No matter where you are, no matter how long it takes, I will find you. <laughs> okay, Glenn, calm down. Please, that's what I'm worried about. I don't want you to find me. You're scaring me, dude. This is the Media Matters Minute. I'm Tyrone Gale. A day after Fox News announced it was terminating Glenn Beck's daily 5 p.m. program, Beck took to the airwaves to tell us we'll be very sorry for this. One year from now, you on the left will be crapping yourself so much and you will find Jesus. You will suddenly find religion and you will be kneeling at some altar lighting candles every day praying to Jesus that Glenn Beck would please just do five o'clock on the Fox News Channel. <laughs> I don't know if we would still be the United States of America if it wasn't for Fox News and Roger Ailes. I am just about the world's biggest Glenn Beck fan. I follow him even more closely than the shadowy forces tracking his every move. His show has everything. Conspiracy theories, warnings about the end times, ads for stocking up on gold, and end-of-the-world backpacks. This is freeze-dried food, and it will last you a couple of weeks, and it's great stuff. I mean, it's lasagna, it's beef stroganoff. Mmm, beef stroganoff! A delicious way to survive the post-apocalyptic hellscape as long as it only lasts a couple of weeks. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, I have terrible news, and not the good kind of terrible news that we get from Glenn. Jim? Glenn Beck may soon be out of a job. Beck's contract is up in December, and Fox might not renew it. Folks, it's the day we all feared would come. The Glenn-pocalypse. understand how we can even be contemplating a world without Glenn. I mean, sure, in the last two years, he's lost 300 advertisers, but he still has pet meds and the scooter store. He has cornered the key demo of arthritic labradoodles. 
And yes, some, like New York Times hitman David Carr, have said his TV show has turned into a serial doomsday machine that's a bummer to watch. Not fair, sir. Carr is completely ignoring Glenn's radio show. He is also a bummer to listen to. And I just don't believe the Washington Post Howard Kurtz for a minute when he claims that behind closed doors, Fox journalists say that Glenn undermines their credibility. Just look at these anchors. I can't imagine anything lowering their credibility. <laughs> and even though... Even though in the past year, Glenn has lost over a third of his audience on Fox, he is still pulling in nearly two million viewers, which is as much as the other cable news shows in his time slot combined. That includes MSNBC's Hardball, CNN's Situation Room, and Headline News' The Missing White Girl Hour with Angry Laird Haircuts. <laughs> but folks, folks, if this is true, Glenn Beck may soon be out of a job. And I have no reason to doubt KING5, Seattle's news leader. <laughs> then the Glenn apocalypse is upon us, but stay calm, everybody. Glenn has prepared us for things like this. That's why it's so important that you will go out and buy Stephen Colbert's emergency backpack. <laughs> now, if, folks, if you don't have one, get one. It is filled with everything you need to survive in a post-Glen world, starting, obviously, with beef stroganoff. There is, also, there is also one copy of every book Glenn has written, plus enough empty space to fit in the ones he writes between the time you order and the time the backpack is delivered next week. And it's also got two dozen cans of pure distilled Glen. This is the end of America as you know it. Mm. Oh. Mm. This also tastes great when you shotgun it, especially if you use an actual shotgun. So, nation, keep your backpack on hand at all times, and we need never face our greatest fear, not knowing what to be afraid of. from New York. Listen, there's um, something that always been bothering me, and that is you, you make an announcement about socialist or even the worst left of, of, of sorrows. Hey, why don't we uh, change this around? You know, our Constitution was based on a, on, on, on a part two-party system. We have a left wing and right wing, and as real Americans know, when we talk about the left wing and the right wing, we're talking about the symbol of America, the American eagle. Left wing doesn't mean socialist. Left wing is one part, one wing of the eagle, just like the right wing is. And we're both right. And we're both left. Thanks, Jay. Keep up the good work. Hey, Jay, this is Sean Stump from Miami, Florida. I used to listen to a lot of different podcasts, but that now I just have to listen to Best of the Left. That's why I became a member within the past week, so I could go on and help you and your journey to go on open people's eyes here in America to what's actually happening up on Capitol Hill. Well, I appreciate you and your program. Good day. Hi, Jay. This is Vicki from Hawaii. I have a call to action for your listeners. Um, many of them probably already know this, but this weekend, um, for tax weekend, both moveon.org and uh, U.S. Uncut are having... Um, <clears throat> tax awareness actions going on all over the country. Um, both of them are online, moveon.org and usuncut.org. Um, these are to make people aware that while they are paying their taxes, a lot of corporations are not. And we want to demand that these guys chip in their fair share. So thank you, and thanks for all you do. Bye.
Hi, Jason. Michael from Glenburn. Just finished listening to your last episode about the war in Libya. <clears throat> and uh, I just want to comment on one thing specifically. I'll just keep it brief. Um, I finished listening to the, the last segment was the, from the Jimmy, Jimmy Dore show. And he was discussing uh, how he saw Obama breaking his promises as far as uh, you know putting boots on the ground and that kind of thing in Libya. I mean, there's a lot more to it. But that was kind of the thing he ended with was that at the same time Obama was promising not to put boots on the ground, he was signing a secret order to put boots on the ground. And, uh, or at least that was the implication. He didn't flat out say it, but it's pretty obviously implied. Um, and that really got me up in arms over Obama. And I went, did, went and did a little digging. Um, and it turns out that it's not an order to put troops on the ground. It's an order to send CIA agents to investigate the, uh, um, the disposition and the intent of the Libyan rebels to see if we should support them. So it just kind of irked me a little bit that it was put out there like that, like we have some sort of secret military operation going on when we don't. And I just wanted to clarify that and make sure everyone was aware of that. Uh, and uh, I guess that's all. Thanks for everything you do. Keep up the good work. Take care. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action to be played on the show yourself, the number to dial is 206-202-3410. Now, as I hope you know, there is a video version of the show available now. This is a brand new project, uh, and I'm at the point now where the only thing I can do is uh, continue to do it the best I can, respond to any feedback I may get uh, for ways to improve it, uh, continue to work on it, make it available, and tell you about it. Because if I don't tell you about it, uh, then you would never know that you should go check it out. So that's what I have to do today. Um, if you want to go directly to uh, my page on YouTube, it is youtube.com slash the best of the left. And uh, what you will see there is video playlists. Now, the way I do this is I, I have uh, you know lots of clips from the show. I mean, as you just heard. And... Some of them are originally video content. Some of them are originally audio content. And uh, based on that, when they're on YouTube, you will either see the original video on YouTube or you'll just get the audio. And, um, and then what I do is I arrange all of those individual clips into playlists in exactly the same way that the show is. And it, there are playlists that correspond exactly with what you hear in the audio version. So the point of doing this is twofold. I, uh, the motto of this show is to aggregate and amplify the best voices of the truly liberal media. That's the, the, the motto I've lived by, you know, since before day one. And, um, and so this little project, putting things on YouTube, falls exactly in line with that. The point of doing this show is to get more people to hear this content that I think is worthy of being heard. And, and I obviously hope that you agree that it's worthy of being heard. That's uh, probably why you listen to the show. So having these clips available on YouTube means, uh, you know, some people are just going to find them on YouTube. They're going to hear them where, as they wouldn't have normally heard them. And also because they're on YouTube and they're split up into their individual clips, it means that they're dramatically more shareable than they ever were before. YouTube is built to share content with other people through, you know, whatever networks, uh, email, Twitter, Facebook, all those sorts of things, anything you want to do, uh, you can do with YouTube. So uh, the reason I'm, uh, you know, not just looking to build a new audience on YouTube, but encouraging you guys uh, who are most likely going to continue listening to the show the way you do, I certainly encourage that. Um, you know, I, I encourage you to check out the YouTube videos so that you can share the ones you like. Now, the second reason for wanting to share the individual clips uh, in a whole new universe like YouTube, totally separate from like iTunes and podcasts and that sort of thing, uh, is you know, no bullshit, like to find some, some new listeners for the show. You know, hopefully if we get these videos out and spread around through, you know, your friends and family and on your networks or to new random people online. Uh, you know, the hope is that some people will find the audio version of the show and kind of get plugged into it that way. And that would be great. Um, but really, you know, one, uh, one priority, duh, 
I was going to say one doesn't quite trump the other, but I think it does. I think I think getting the information out there trumps trying to get new audience, but they're almost one and the same anyways. What it really is is an incredibly virtuous cycle. You know, we, by by doing one thing, we get to uh, amplify this great content even more and help encourage new people to come check out this show. Um, which, of course, if they come check out the show, then they're just being a new recipient of all the other great content we, we put out, um, and, and we get to push the message even more that way. So that's, uh, that is the two, two legs of that stool for, for, why, uh, for why I'm doing the, the whole YouTube project and, of course, why I encourage you wholeheartedly to check it out for yourself, make use of it, share, and so on and so on. Now, I just want to thank a couple of members who are incredibly supportive of the show in an entirely different way. John M. signed up for a uh, leftist monthly membership back on August 26th of last year and has been sticking with the show ever since then. Thank you very much, John. And Doreen B. signed up uh, for a leftist membership back on January 22nd and paid for a full year in advance, um, which I always appreciate, people showing uh, that sort of faith in the show uh, that they want to support it for a whole year. So a uh, huge thanks to John and Doreen and all the members and donors who make the show possible. Of course, everyone can support the show for absolutely free by telling everyone you know about it, including sharing the YouTube clips, of course. You can donate tweets through your Twitter account if you have one. Details about that are at donateyouraccount.com slash bestoftheleft. Of course, that's linked up on my website as well. Check that out. If you are on Facebook or Twitter, of course, you can follow the show between episodes and help spread the word about it through those networks. And for details about the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all of that information is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 11 times a month, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Fine, fine, black and white, you took a Oh, oh, oh. We'll take you out